Confidants, can you believe I am starting this episode giving an ad for my very own book? That's right. I'm here to tell you guys that you can pre-order my first book. Don't fucking panic the shit they don't tell you in therapy about anxiety disorders, panic attacks, and depression. Right now, you guys can get it at shop.catalog. I'm going to put the link below. They have some other really gorgeous books. I mean, that's what made me want to stick with them as a publisher. Their content is just gorgeous. It's relevant. It speaks to the soul. It's written by real people your age. You should check out all of their stuff. And of course, my book, Don't Fucking Panic, is filled with tons of exercises, stories, anecdotes, journal entries, coloring pages. It's got it all. It is long. It is something you can bring in the car with you, in your bag, in the purse, on an airplane, on a boat. I don't know what you're doing in your spare time. Bring it anywhere you want because this book is meant to be written on, laughed in, cried upon, torn apart. It is a book that I truly made for you and your soul and your mental health. So get it now, pre-order it. The link is included below. Let's start the show. Coffee Dots, welcome back to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. And I had to just start there because I, I don't know a better way to introduce this week's guest, Miss Demona Hoffman, than saying like, you are the real Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> I wish, but... You are a top dating coach. You have a column in the LA Times. Girl, go ahead. You are the <laughs> dating coach of Drew Frickin Barrymore's new talk show. You know, I've been, I've been doing what I do. I've been keeping busy, but people need help. Kelsey, <laughs> it is rough out there in these dating streets. This was dating streets. literally going to be my first question. It's like, <laughs> I want to talk about like race, racial bias and dating and like mental health and dating, but like First of all, how the fuck are we supposed to be surviving dating during these COVID times? What is going on? It's still possible. Do not, do not give up, people. Do not get up, give up. I am hearing from a lot of daters right now that this fatigue is setting in. Mm. And, you know, I've been doing this, Kelsey, for 15 years. Oh, so you've so seen it. new to me. We've been through all of the ups and downs. Yes. And at the beginning of COVID, I felt like everybody was like, oh, yay, this is really cool. Now I can take some time and really get to know people and we can do these virtual dates. It's really cool. And then July happened and it was like, <laughs> so wait, can I actually meet people? What's this going to be about? And now we've definitely hit a fatigue point. For I feel sure. like it even just kicked in like this week. Maybe it's the mm. coupling of cuffing season Amen. and COVID. Look at you. You really are the expert. Like you, you're like, yes, yeah, so what's today? September 18th. We are three days into cuffing season. Uh, folks get your cuff. <laughs> it's so funny though, because on my podcast dates and mates, I did yes. a, an episode on the future of dating. Ah. On March, I think it was like March 4th. But how would you have known? Because girl, I'm like dating Nostradamus. Okay? You're like getting private info from like China. They're like, listen to her. There is a <laughs> no, but I <laughs> no, do not Prep put that on me. Your clients. I, <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. I had no way of knowing that was coming. But I said, I said, video chat dating is the wave of the future. That is going to be a primary 
filter now in the dating process. So get used to it because people are going to start embracing it as more of the apps were starting to add mm. video as a feature. Wow. I had no idea what was coming though. Scary. I just have like, can we break just that part of it down for half a second? Like video dating is different than just catching up with someone on FaceTime. Like when it's your friend and you're just like, you don't even announce you're going to do it. You're like in your pajamas. You've got your double chin layout. You're like, Hey girl, what's up? Like I had crazy diarrhea today. Now dating on video is like, what do I wear? What is my background? Tell me. I don't want to stress everyone out, but you do have <laughs> to be a little more mindful when you go on a video chat date. And this is a big thing that I've been trying to impress on people for years because the ease of it, it was like, oh, we'll just, we'll just hop on over to the video chat. And I want to see them. I want to check out if they're a good match for me. But what people mm -hmm. forget is that they're also checking you out and you really, you don't get a second chance to make that first impression. Yeah. So you have to, you just have to pause and think about, okay, what's behind me? What mm -hmm. information is back there? Cause I mean, how many times do you see like, you know, dirty drawers? And well, now I'm like looking at my background and I'm like, Jesus Ooh. Christ, the sun is coming in. Like, hold on. Let me We're, fix it. I it's need not to a date. You. It's not a date. We're okay. <laughs> Set the stage. She's okay, do I look stage. hotter now? Yes, 100%. Okay, so like <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I were coaching you for a video chat date, I would also get a little bit of light on your face so that we can mm. see your beautiful face. Mm. So think about that. Like make sure that you have natural light is great. I don't have it in here. In my yeah, like don't play no catfish trick lighting with me either, right? Mm -hmm. Like don't mm -hmm. backlight yourself to where your face is all shadowy. It's like, because you can also, you can kind of hide a little bit, you can kind of falsify yourself on video chat, right? A little bit, but ultimately the video chat is, it's a screening, mm. it's a screening step. And so you can't hide as much as you can over text yeah. or over yeah. chat. And that's really the point that I was trying to get across to my clients for so long that you need to do some sort of screening before you just move on to the date. Because what was happening yeah. was just the speed of dating was out of control. I was actually supposed to do an NPR episode on like dating <sighs> fatigue and then COVID happened and it was like, well, nobody's dating. So that got postponed. Now, now we're just fatigued. <laughs> now we're just fatigued over other things. But really it was the pace of dating. Like people like mm. to blame dating apps for the change in dating culture. But I think it's really more about communication and just mm. opportunity. There's more opportunity to make more matches. It's the same stuff that we've been going yeah. through for years. Yeah, It's just now it's happening faster and faster and faster. And it, it was so easy to connect. Mm. You just swipe, swipe, swipe. Right. And you are like, okay, you seem okay. Let's just meet drinks, up uh, this coffee. weekend and have drinks. Yeah. And people were back, like back to back going on, you know, four dates in a Wasting weekend. Wasting my time if I could have just video chatted with them. Right. So you can filter. And then also I think the real time communication is really mm. important. Like here, you and I, we're having a connection. The we're best having a conversation. Time. <laughs> we're having the best time, obviously. <laughs> and we're going back and forth and, and listening and responding to one another. And that's really what should happen on a good date. But people think that they can figure out filtering through text. No. But like, no. Too much right? time. Everyone can be so charming and witty in 
time shifted communication. Right. And you can take your time to figure out how to be charming and witty. Exactly. When you have to do it in real time, it's Well, that makes me wonder, you know, I was just on a Zoom call earlier today for a meeting that was so awkward. Now, granted, there were more than two people in the room, but like there were these long silences, these kind of like overzealous laughs that you could tell were just kind of not honest. And I guess my question is like with Zoom dating or, you know, whatever you want to use, dating, FaceTime dating, how do we manage that awkward uh, filter of it being through a video? Like if you're on an awkward date and there's like that weird silence, you know, you can kind of look around or take a sip of your drink or, you know, how are we, are we changing the actual date itself because of date of video? Well, I like to have an activity going into any date, but particularly a video chat date. Because if you gamify it a little, a little bit, you won't be bored and you won't run out of things to talk about. So if you're mm. like, okay, we're going to play 20 questions. Love. You already know. And then you have like a framework and it's not weird. It's not like, let me just pull more questions at you. We're playing a game. <laughs> this is an interview. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Yeah. This is not an interview. I'm recording the Zoom. <laughs> Wait, dead as I have to tell you, I didn't know that Zoom, uh, alerted the other person that it was recording and there have been some times where I've been (laughs) on zoom with people that like the conversation definitely shouldn't have been recorded and I've just hit record like oh watch this back later and they've been like and if anyone is recording this stop or we're gonna end the zoom meeting and I'm like oh my god how do we go and then one of my co-producers was like, Kelsey, it, tell, it tells the other person that you're recording. That's like when people can tell you looked at their LinkedIn. I used to um, LinkedIn stalk my ex-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend, and I didn't know that you could see who looks at your profile. And I probably looked at it every other day. And I oh just have God. to imagine that she was like, what the fuck is wrong with this? <laughs> the day I found out, oh. Anyways, okay, so back to this activity idea. I love, I love, love, love. That's so fun. Do you have any recommendations for like when someone should pull the trigger on offering a video date with someone? Sooner rather than later. You know, Mm. we get so caught up in the banter of texting. Like, oh, that's fun and I can hide behind it. But it's like, you have to just move things forward. And it's, it's far easier than most people think like a lot of my clients will get stuck and they're like, I don't know what to say next. Or I don't know how to make, like, I I work with a lot of women and they'll say, I don't know how to make him ask me out. And I'm like, just be like, no, well, I I would love to tell you about that when we meet for drinks or when we go for a hike or whatever it is that you're comfortable for with when we play 20 questions on zoom. (laughs) But so to your point of like offering a date, what the fuck? COVID. What, can we hike? Can we date? Can we see each other in person? How are we, how are we doing this? That's a great question. And I feel like everyone needs to figure out what their own comfort level is mm-hmm. and really stick to that, but also reevaluate it obviously as information changes. And it depends on where you are. Like mm. I, I'm in LA. I love getting COVID tested. I'm getting COVID <laughs> It's become my second job. (laughs) Right? Every month I'm like, let me swab my cheeks. This is fabulous. (laughs) Yeah. And it's 
it's important when you do what you do, because I'm sure you're like, you know, doing the rounds and you still have to work and stuff. Like we're not fully work from home in the entertainment business, business necessarily, but for dating, it feels like a different risk. If you know what I mean. To test or to go on the date? To go on a date. Yeah, it is a different risk. But if you know your status, that's a lot easier. <laughs> it's like almost retirement. It's like her, it's like STDs. Yeah. <laughs> STIs. If you know, if you know you have herpes, then yeah. And that's half the battle. Yeah. But just knowing where you stand and you know, y'all know I, I have to say this. It's not like you test once and then you're good. No. <laughs> you know, if you have any other, if you've had a situation change or you saw someone else, you might want to test yeah. again, but that's an easy way to ask someone if they've been tested before yeah. you meet up. So that's like, if things are getting a little bit more serious and maybe you've moved past the video chat date, mm. I think the video chat date is a great first step for everyone. Mm-hmm. But I've had a lot of clients lately who are just like, how many video chat dates can we do? Like once you've already met on video yeah. chat and you're like, I find this person attractive. I'm interested in talking to them. Mm-hmm. We have to meet. So a yeah. lot of people right now are doing hikes or walks mm-hmm. or somehow socially distant. Outside, yeah. Socially distant, a picnic or something yeah. like that where you're, where you're not going to be in a position that compromises your comfort level. Right. So you have to just be really clear up front and just own it. Like this is yeah. a good rule for anything Mm. on a first date or in the early part of dating, just own the elephant in the room. I say, yes. If if there's something awkward, just say it out loud. Like, I'm so weird about COVID germs. So I'm going to keep my mask on, you know, maybe for the first date, we'll just keep our mask on. And it's something too, to like, it's, how do I say this? Like, I put a call out on my uh, social media yesterday, just saying like, does anyone have any comments, questions, or concerns about like your mental health right now? Like, tell me what you guys are thinking and feeling. And I had a lot of people talk about how like, they don't feel like themselves right now. So they don't necessarily know that they could date right now. Like maybe they're not normally a kind of a paranoid person about germs, but like that might make someone feel a type of way when they're like, no, 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 I'm not normally like this depressed and anxious and like freaked out about money and freaked out about my schedule. But like right now I am. And so what would you say to people who are just like, I don't feel like it's time or. Yeah. Like if you're in a place where you're working on your mental health and you're not feeling like dating, that's just not a great place to date from. And I know people are also feeling the pressure of being single and being isolated. Mm. So I don't want to diminish that, but I always say you have to take care of your mental health first. You have to come to the date as your best self. Right. But then you have to also be your authentic self because that person, they're not going to fall in love with the idealized version of you because eventually (laughs) eventually, the crazy going to come out. (laughs) The crazy going to come out. Yeah. And you want to find someone that is going to see all the different elements Mm. of who you are and appreciate all of that. That's cute. It's kind of like, if you can get me at my COVID, you can have me at my best. Like <laughs> if you can take yes, me at true. my COVID, you can also have me at my best. Yeah. Cause we're so all <laughs> collectively going through kind of like this weird shared trauma right now. True, and true. I do think in a weird way, something that has gotten, uh, that will be for the better, if you will, is 
like the way we date, you know, you, you bring up video dates. I think we also are having to reckon, uh, like, uh, the honesty we have with people, like you said, showing your authentic self. I do wonder what your thoughts are on like hookup culture right now, because I'm in an open relationship and we basically for like six months, we're like, well, whether like, are we not, this is closed. <laughs> the door is closed because we're going through a pandemic and we're not going to even like go there. But now that, you know, I'm getting tested like every week, like you, and um, I'm doing a bit of traveling and, you know, we're, we're getting our lives back to normal as much as that means comfortably for us. I still am like, yeah, but one night stands feel dumb right now. <laughs> I, I actually would agree with you. Just I, mm. I, with every decision, I'm like, what's the risk mm. and what's the reward? Yeah. Like, is it worth that momentary satisfaction for what the alternative can be? And thinking right. not just like, I know there's a lot of people listening who are like, I'm good. I could get COVID and keep it moving. But <gasps> I have a lot of friends that got it early on and are still do dealing with the effects wow, of it. And these yeah. are like young, healthy people. Yeah. And then you have to think about like your mom and yeah. your, your neighbors and yeah. like other people that you might come in contact with. So I wouldn't do it, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you have to figure out what the risk level and also depending on where you are. So I was saying earlier, like I'm getting tested all the time. Some of my dates and mates listeners are like, Demona, I can't even get a COVID test mm -hmm. unless I'm like, I come in there like coughing. Dying, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we are slotted these for few. That's how it is back home for my parents in Florida. And then right. here we have like drive through, like it's McDonald's. But there's also, <laughs> I mean, for some of the same day tests, I've seen some people will, where they will do like a date where they both go to the same walk-in clinic to get a same day like rapid test and then they'll go out when they're both negative they'll go out on like a proper date but that's like 125 dollars to get that rapid test and i'm like that dick better be good Worth for a 125 dollar date like if you have money like that by all means but you're right that some people can't even get a test well, and then not to be scary again, but, but <laughs> even if you do a same day test, that's not a guarantee. That's right. not a guarantee. Like they could have, they could just not be showing as positive yet. Right. And like, maybe they've been on a date every day this week and the person right. they saw two days ago was right. positive, but they're pre-symptomatic. Pre oh my gosh. It's so complicated. So this is why I've always said, practice slow love and slow oh. it down. I know it sounds corny. No, but really, sweet. I think real connection develops over time and the hookup culture, like all that will be there. We are in a period of time and I know it feels, it feels like interminable. It feels like we've been mm -hmm. stuck this way forever, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be forever. Right. And we will return to normal. So what I'm trying to do is to look at the positives, like, okay, what can we learn from being a little bit mm. slower with this time? What mm. can I learn about myself? What can I learn about what I actually need in a partner? How can I get mm. to know someone maybe on a deeper level? Because I've also had a lot of clients that are like, I'm in the best relationship of my life. Like we met at the beginning of COVID. We really took our time getting to yeah. know each other. And now we're blended in the, in the same bubble. But it wasn't like rush, rush, rush. Right. It was so unfolded so differently. Right. 
that now it has somewhere else to go than all of my relationships before. Yeah. And the, the same idea that goes with people who met before COVID that maybe we're making a big step. Like I'm thinking of my friend who that he moved in with his partner and then COVID happened. So it was like, yeah, we knew we were going to see each other every day, but we didn't know we were going to see each other all day, yes. every day. And like, Real life. thank God, <laughs> it, you know, it's working out for them. But I have to imagine that some people are finding themselves in situations just like, oh shit, like how do I get out of this? But Something you said also made me think of that this must be the longest that a lot of people are going without sex. Like, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I have to imagine, like, just by statistics, maybe. Yeah, and I was reading an article about skin hunger and how just how <laughs> yum. people. Yeah, I'm hungry all of a sudden. <laughs> but just that the. the idea that having physical touch and human interaction is one of our basic needs. Yeah. And when we are deprived of that, like, you know, there's all kinds of studies of what happens to babies who are not held when they're younger and how that affects them as they grow up. Right. Um, spoiler alert, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can attest. Uh, <laughs> we need to be hugged. We need to be hugged. And so there's a lot of people that are just starved for any kind of yeah. physical interactions. So mm -hmm. I think it's a really good idea to, at this point, like we've expanded our bubble and, you know, I'm married with two kids. I have the opposite problem. Like, <laughs> You're like, get away. <laughs> I Stop five minutes touching me. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am touched out. That's oh like a my. real term in parenting, touched out. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I totally believe it. I mean, like a lot of people support this, but I, I've seen some negative comments where I talk about my partner and I, uh, my bedroom is like a two-story bedroom with a really tall ceiling, if you can imagine. And on the top, the top floor, but it's in the same room, we have a loft. And so I built a bed up there and then we have our bed in the main room, but we're still like in the same room together. And mm -hmm. I sleep better apart. And that changed like how I woke up as a human and was like nicer to people. And I'm like, what asshole ever invented that you're supposed to be sleeping next to your partner? Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Do the intimacy thing, whatever, like touch, cuddle, like crawl back in bed in the morning. But like, why are we sleeping with other people? physically. <laughs> we should well, all have our own beds. Even like if you watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, like the parents have separate beds, you know. I the, like let's sleeping go back in the to bed that. with my husband. No. I, I like <laughs> just, there's something comforting about him there, but you want to hear my weird thing? Yes. I can't, I can't, if I'm sleeping, he cannot be touching me. Like I no. can't have your foot over oh, me or yes. like your elbow. I yes. have to have like at least two inches. Your own bed. That's what you want. You want your own bed. <laughs> I think I need to invent a company. And let me know if you want in on this with me. I'll, I'll cut you a deal. We make a bed that automatically separates by the touch of a button at like 10 p.m. You can like set an alarm and then it slowly moves back together at like 6 a.m. And you guys can cuddle in like morning sex and all that. It's like Are you a automatic adjustable, you know, but it just moves you apart. Instead of like up and down, you're like, get the fuck away from me. Don't come over to my side. I like my bed at 68. He likes his at 72. Oh God, that's, oh, that's hysterical. That's a whole other thing, like the temperature. <gasps> I run really cold. So oh no. And then he's always 
like throwing off the covers. Yeah. And so, and then he like piles the covers on top of me. Nope. So I'm like a mummy. I can't even move. And then he but blames I, you for stealing the covers, right? Ugh, men. No, he's just like, he's just hot all the time. Like he just, uh, he just doesn't. This house will stay right. at a cool you 68. Yeah. I'm investing in this product. Yes. 10% for 30 margins. I don't know what any of those business words are. Ignore me. Um, so I, what I, I was saying, wait, I yeah. want to finish what I was yeah. saying about the bubble. So yes. now we have we have expanded our bubble mm. to include another family mm. because our kids were going crazy, not playing with other people. Yeah. So we have an agreement with one another that we're, you know, we're going to live Keep our it, lives yeah. by this certain code. And so, and we got tested. So now our families are blended. So I really recommend this for single people to have, and not just like a casual, like whoever comes through, like, that's fine. But really to have a mindful bubble. And maybe yeah. that's a solution. If you are in a non-monogamous relationship, maybe you just bring in a third yeah. and it becomes a triad for a little bit. Yeah. We, we definitely had in the very beginning of COVID, we had like a couple socially distanced dates. Sometimes we date together, sometimes we date apart, but we decided to date together and we would do socially distanced walks and it was great. And, you know, we finally came to that place of like, okay, are we as a couple willing to take that like physical risk? And, you know, we decided not to because it, this was early on when things were still like super scary. And we were like, we just don't know this person or, or like they could be a great person. They could also be a fucking liar. Like we don't know that they're not also <laughs> sleeping with five other people right now. And like, it, it just wasn't right for us. And so I do wonder if you've seen a uptick in requests for like, how do I learn how to sext better? Or like, is video chat sex a thing still? Or is that just in the movies? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, have I seen it? I, I, I've always seen concerns <laughs> around. Yeah, no one knows how to do text. it. <laughs> sexting and texting has been always one of the biggest questions that I get. Yeah. It's more usually in like, how do you move things along to the next mm. step and build intimacy and connection and curiosity and all of that and find out mm -hmm. what I need to know and make sure they're not a crazy person before I go on the date. Right. Um, I don't know if there's been an uptick in sexting. I have been hearing there's been a major uptick in uh, both porn viewing and, oh, um, yeah, and toys and toys. Duh. I didn't even think about that, but like, of course it's, it's, you've got to get a little bit more intimate with yourself, I guess, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, toys are great with a partner too. Although I can't buy any because, um, and have them ship because for they, some reason Amazon, well, first of all, my kids, every time yeah, something comes, they open they it for them. You know, what's this mommy? And then my Nate, my, my, my Amazon packages keep going to my neighbor's oh, house and no. she's opening them. What? Okay. She's, she's like, oh, I didn't even realize. I guess they get a lot of mail. And she's like, I didn't even realize. I was just thinking of ordering an air purifier. So oh, sorry. This came to my house. Instead. Jesus. You better keep an eye out on that neighbor. <laughs> I mean, I was about to say that's psychotic for opening your mail. But then I realized that I also get so many packages and mail shipped to me that I'm not looking at the name. And sometimes I even open my own roommate's mail and I'm like sorry I just got a bottle of proactive and I was like I haven't seen this since 2010 like why is this at you my front door proactive. yeah oh, I mean I just name. assume yeah that people are sending me PR packages or something and I'm like oh no this is my my neighbor ordered it 
Got it. And paid for this. <laughs> yeah, this is not mine. Um, so I guess I do want to ask a little bit uh, about one of the viral articles that you wrote talking about racial bias and dating. Because I thought oh, that was such... There. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. This is definitely the podcast where I'm not afraid to ask those questions that I think a lot of people are. And like, when I first saw the title, I was like, oh yeah, someone's writing about this. I'm so thrilled. Like, what is our internal bias that we're unaware of? And, um, you know, people say that they have types and like, you know, I like my type blonde. Like, what does that mean? And I know that we do have some sort of like genetic the weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, effortlessly chic year after year, like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? <laughs> you are talking to two sober Sallies. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences code of what we're attracted to, but I always believed it was very environmental. And mm -hmm. so when I read your interview, it just made me go like, dang, I think even I have to dig deeper about what I thought about dating because, you know, being in an open relationship, you kind of naturally are just a more liberal open person and you tend to date outside of your race, outside of your gender, I like your gender. And I was like, I've dated and hooked up with black women. And then I was like, I don't think I've seriously dated a black man. And then I went like, oh shit, I got to do the work that I was <laughs> just like, 
thinking I was so above or outside of that I don't know that everybody realizes that everyone kind of has internal racial bias in dating, whether or not they're aware of it or not. So can you maybe talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that article? What prompted you to write it and why it was important? Well, I'm glad that you had that reaction because <sighs> not everyone had that reaction. Mm. I, and that was my intention mm. just to get everyone to just pause and say, wait a minute, why do I have this belief system? And if this doesn't align with what, what I think right. I am or how I move mm. in the world, then what work do I need to do to get clarity on it? So mm. it really was born out of this conversation I was having with other dating coaches oh, where wow. like somebody brought up in a, in a group that we're, that I'm a part of. <gasps> like a secret dating coach circle? Oh, secret. Oh my yes. God, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And somebody was like, well, is it racist? A matchmaker said, is it racist if my client doesn't want to date someone of a different, says they will not date someone of a particular race. And they will I not. was like, obviously, yeah. obviously, yes. And I was shocked because not all the dating coaches responded the same way that wow. I did. Uh -oh. And I also realized that because I am a multiracial person right. and my entire family, it's like, I am black and Jewish and my sister-in-law <laughs> sister is Indian and my stepmother is Mexican. And it's like, we are blended. We are totally the American blended. family. Exactly. We are the melting pot. Love it. So I have always incorporated this kind of a thought process into my coaching because I feel like that is the whole point of having mm -hmm. a dating coach. Like if you're going mm -hmm. to come to me, we're going to go there. Who's yeah. just going to like give you the match. That's what Tinder's like, for. Yeah. That's what Tinder's for. Or the <laughs> matchmaker that's just like, okay, you want this, I'll deliver this to you. And mm. I'm like, no, here we are going to dive into those mm. deep places and understand, do you have this belief because you are continuing to attract the same people because mm -hmm. we are attracted to what feels familiar. Mm. So book that, be, that we, we associate with someone that we had a good experience with, or we right. date them again and again and again. So we mm -hmm. attract more of that. Mm. Is it because of what our parents have said to us or mm. what we think our parents want for us? Right. Is it because we think that it would be too hard? Like that used to happen to me all wow. the time. Yeah. As a kid, I grew up in the Midwest in mm. a, a very white upper, mm. upper middle class neighborhood. Mm. And I, no one looks like me and right. I would hear from my friends like, oh, I would date a black guy, but I wouldn't want to do that to my kids. And then I'm I'm like, do what? Like, what? I so <gasps> it's like, it's a fundamental oh. difference of understanding of what it means to, to be blended cultures. Like I am, mm. I look at that as the best of both worlds and I get to experience everything. Yeah. Some people look at it like it's limiting and you don't fit in every mm. anywhere. And I see. I, definitely acknowledge that in other places, like I only have my experience and I have my clients that I've worked with, but you might be in a place where that's really not acceptable and right. you may be targeted. Like mm -hmm. my parents were, my mm, parents would get call right. names when they went wow. to, the, when they went to out to dinner with each other. Yeah. And the police were called on my mom oh, when my she was moving into her Christ. house. Like <gasps> these are things we went through and yeah. then people have been for years, for generations and decades have been pushing the boundaries of, and it's just now we are at this moment in time where we are waking up and realizing mm -hmm. 
where, how we got here right. and what we all need to take stock of. So I think yeah. it's a really good opportunity. Yeah. And if you're really looking for love and feeling limited, which mm -hmm. most of the people who listen to my podcast are, then I just really encourage you to just open up right. your parameters. And right. whether that is around race, mm -hmm. I also on the future of dating, I said, there's going to be someone listening to this podcast right now who is going to be dating someone of a different gender than you thought you were attracted to. Yeah. And mark my words, that will be the case five, five years. From oh now. yeah. Thank <laughs> you know? God. Like, I really do feel like it is, uh, expanding a little bit and you talk about like what is generational for us too. And you know, the language people use, I thought something that was really beautiful in your article was that you talked about how you can still tell that someone is maybe, uh, unaware of their bias when they say things like, oh, I like someone who's, you know, all American, or I really am looking for a woman who's very exotic. And you're like, skirt, hold on, wait, code. let's just like bring that down a little bit. Yeah, there's definitely ways that we code in our language mm. that we realize that mm. either indicate to others sameness or, or differences. Like, for example, I'm, I, I, for my premium clients, I do like their searching and stuff on and swiping on yeah. uh, dating apps. So I was searching for a client who is a black woman, very beautiful, very successful. And she matched with this guy who was a white man, but he specifically said in his profile, I am the father of two biracial kids. And I thought this is really interesting that he chose to reveal that about himself because mm. I feel like on one hand, it may indicate a fetish, but right. which is a whole other conversation. Right. But That's one option. <laughs> are really afraid of being fetishized. Totally. It's never so much an issue for me, but I do hear mm. that a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clients of color. Yeah, I but bet. It also could be an indicator. I am open to mm -hmm. dating people of different races. Right. Like, what race? You just said biracial. Yeah. Because if it was a fetish, I feel like men have no fucking filter and like outright say like, I'm looking for an Asian girl. And I'm like, wow, you couldn't have made me swipe faster. Not because I'm not Asian, but because you're just an asshole. If that's uh, what you choose to wear on your sleeve, like keep that shit way the fuck to yourself and do those the work of why. <laughs> isn't it better that you knew that up front than you, that you wasted your time? I get, like, I see the devil's advocate in that, but I also would love to, like, go on a date and challenge that person. Not to be like, <laughs> white women need more praise that work great, but to just be like, you could probably use a little bit of internal work, sir. Like, I'm doing you a favor. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be honest, like, it's not always successful. You know, I, I talked in the article about my five whys technique, which is really yes. a business technique. And, mm. and we start with whatever your belief is. I, I'm only attracted to Asian women. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, because they are the only ones that I feel something for, you know, yeah. get it up for. Why? Yeah. And when we unpack that, we mm -hmm. find out what the real story is. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you, actually, my very, no, no, my second client ever was a guy and he was that exactly. He was like, I'm looking for an Asian woman and 
he came from a pretty like restricted Orthodox Jewish background mm. and he was just like one track mind. And I began this process with my second client wow. years ago. And I was like, let's unpack this. And I try, I really tried. I, yeah. I was like, let me try and deliver him what he's looking for. Back then I didn't push back quite as much as I do. No, now. it seems very therapeutic or like therapeutic I, in a way. I couldn't deliver it to yeah. him because it wasn't coming from an honest place to me. Yeah. So you know what he ended up doing? He got mm. one of those services like like meet a bride. Oh no. Bride or whatever. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I'm not going to judge it because he has a bride he's very happy with. Yeah. He's living his best life. Sure. And that's what he wanted. He had clarity on that. So I wasn't the right coach for him. Yeah, but you know what? I think it's because you challenged him too much, probably. Like, you probably poked a thing in his ego that made – because I love the why. I love breaking it down because it makes you think past your dick or your vagina of being like, wait, so why am I, you know, talking about fetishes? Fetishes. It's a word. Jesus. Fetishization, Christ, of like black men, right? That's like a common thing you see with white women. And it's like, okay, let's go to what, like, why do you only get it up for black men? Why do you, why do you think your body does that? And like nine times out of freaking 10, it's some sort of like a uh, savior complex or like white women's syndrome, right? Or, you know, something awful, like going back freaking to the times of slavery and slave trade. Like if you make someone recognize that in themselves, they're going to go like, I didn't pay for therapy. I paid for a soulmate. I'm getting out of here. Like it, it, I think it's almost like too tough for people to have to look that deep or be called out, I guess, especially when the world of dating is already scary. You don't want to be told that like, you know, you could be a, a better dater. I guess. It is hard. And I don't know if you read some of the comments. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I didn't. That's good. Because a lot of people really showed their true colors. But you know, what, did the, I, what I, could I, you possibly say bad about that? Really? I, I truly, seriously. Were people like, oh, yeah. It, we, they, they broke the Washington Post. They had to shut down comments for a little oh, while shit. because people, it was very polarizing. You know, the people mm. that think like you were like, mm. yeah, this is awesome. I really want to do this, this deep mm. dive, this discovery. And the other people were like, how can she tell me what I'm attracted to? Oh, <laughs> you know, there, there, there are people that aren't willing to look at that. But I think I said in the article, in some draft of the article, I said that we are, we are all racist. I'm not mm. sitting here on, on my high horse being like, you're racist and a lot yeah. of people like just bristle at that term no, or like yeah. oh well i can't i mm-hmm. can't even listen to her because she just called me a racist no i'm asking you all to examine your mm-hmm. own racial bias we were born into a racist system mm-hmm. in in america i'm sure there are mm-hmm. other people listening from other countries yeah but big canadian big canadian audience people racist <laughs> people racist in all countries yeah. but especially <laughs> in america yeah. we have we have been living under centuries of racial oppression Mm -hmm. and we like our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents they have all either bought into that concept or in some way perpetrated it or been victims of it absolutely so let's stop all pretending like that was just the past and it doesn't affect us right and just just look at let's just look at it let's just look at it and ask ourselves what are we going to do with this right you have an opportunity like once your eyes are open you can't go back to sleep. 
I love that you say that because there's so much about our generation that is going to be the game changers. And like a friend had mentioned something to me that she's in the entertainment business and a tweet she had written uh, got like a lot of hate too. And she was, I, I was just like, I don't understand. Like, uh, how are some people still like this? And she said like, Kelsey, you have to remember that like, the same way the generation below us is going to be the first generation that had the internet from their birth, right? Like I got the internet. That was cool. <laughs> Our parents' generation is going to be like the last of uh, legal segregation or, um, you know, uh, oh, it, yeah. by law, it doesn't mean it doesn't still exist for sure, but that that's what they saw. And so for us to go yeah. like, how could someone be like that possibly? I'm like, oh, I could see why. I mean, that doesn't make it right. But I guess my question is like, let's say someone wants to recognize it, right? Like maybe a confidant's listening right now and they're like, oh shit, okay, I got a little bit of work to do. Like how can someone do that work to change their, their I don't know if you want to call it like attractiveness bias or like... What is it? How do we change it? I like that term, attractiveness bias. (laughs) It kind of flows off the tongue. Well, first we just take stock of where you are and what you have been attracted to. Because some of it also isn't even just around race. I just do this around whatever your dating pattern is. We all know those bad boys, the classic I had a girl, I had a bad boy streak. And like, yes, I live in LA. Like, Actor, men are trash. Actor, musician. Yeah. I say actor, writer, musicians. I married a writer, but oh <laughs> yeah, but now we excluded it together. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I just could never tell if they were serious or like you know just all the bad boy tropes. Mm. And I started. I realized this, and I started a dating plan for myself, and I called it Operation DNG. What? Date nice guys. I swear to you. Oh my god. My dating plan, and I would like talk to my girlfriends at work about it, and be like, "Okay, this is what happened last night with Operation DNG." But I literally reprogrammed my attractors because I would respond to like he came in with tats and like piercings and a broken home and a and a story. (laughs) about how he, he got just rejected. got out of the system and he owes child support. You're like, hmm, more. Like, I can fix. Well, I realized I'm a fixer. There you I, go. That's what I do now. Now I do it for my career. Other people then and you I get paid. It, right? Then like I you should. do it for my boyfriends and be like, mm. oh, you're a struggling artist. Let me help mm. you. Like, let me be your patron and benefactor oh, and I can boost you no. up and put get you out there. I'll be your publicist. And now I'm just like... <laughs> Oh, that's so unattractive Exhausting, to me. But yeah. that was my pattern. Mm-hmm. So everyone's pattern is different. But I actually said, because I'm doing Operation Date Nice Guys, these are the qualities that I'm looking for. And I kid you not, when my husband walked in the door, the first time I saw him, I went, oh, he looks so nice. And I was like, he's so cute. And he's so nice. He was wearing like all Banana Republic, just oh, head to toe, oh, loafers. And, oh, and I was like, I've got to set him up with somebody because he's so cute. Oh so nice, but my God. For me. And then because I had been mindful going into it, I was like, wait, you are doing Operation Date Nice Guys. You need to give this guy a chance. And it was a slower burn, but yeah, unfolded. He, he It unfolded slowly. And I got to know who he was and the more he's an introvert too the more that he Mm. became comfortable with me yeah the more that he 
could really show who he truly was. Right, right. Also, have been in such a rush. Like people are like, "How do I know?" Like they go on two dates and they're like, "How do I know if he's the one?" Why wasting my time? You're like, like, I don't know. What's his favorite color? Do you know? If you don't, we can't make these decisions yet. It, we're really, we were really putting the cart before the horse. Like we need to just take time getting to know people. And I say lead with curiosity. Like I mm. was just curious about this man. And I was like, his brain is fascinating. Mm. I want to know more about the way he looks at the world and how he thinks and what his family's like. I'm just curious. Yeah. And then it really took until like the third date for the real mm. butterflies. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I mean, I did kiss him on the first day, oh. but. Oh, we got the tea. I love it. <laughs> but You're like, he's my husband. It's not T. <laughs> he hates it, by the way, when I talk about like anything uh, about like our sex life or how we met or any of that. He hates it. We, you can always say it's a client. I know a client who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it just took, it took more time. Yeah. And I really had to keep reminding myself that it's going to feel different. It's going mm. to feel different because it's going to be different. Oh, you're, you're going to keep, if you keep being swayed by mm. the same feeling that you had before, mm-hmm. because as I said earlier, we are attracted to familiarity. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, I've had this feeling before. Like I, three weeks before I met him, I'd gone on a speed dating thing and speed dating. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> I was speed dating exactly once, but it was fun. But you know, you, you get what, five minutes to right. connect with someone. And then you uh-huh. write down if you want to see them again or not. And if it's a, oh my like God. Tinder, if it's a mutual match, then you get each other's contact info. And there wow. was this one guy that I wasn't particularly physically attracted to, but oh. in five minutes, somehow we managed to get in a fight about mm. it. Oh my God. And I was like, I'm yes. Your number down. Oh! that's so funny we went out like three times and in that time I had met Seth who's my husband and it was just so clear between Mm. the two of them Mm -hmm. how much more mature the relationship with Mm. Seth was and the relationship with him Mm -hmm. was and how I was following false attractors even though I was doing operation date nice guys I was still falling into the trap yeah so yeah. it's like a constant reminder to keep going back to yeah identifying your pattern and really really asking yourself, is this part of my pattern or is this forging a new path? Well, you, you said something that made me think, uh Oh, if I have made a mistake, but then I'm like, no, I'm like almost three years into my relationship. I love this, but I, you know, I do have a problem too with thinking a little bit like that. I feel like a dating and love expert only because I had a horrible relationships and then when it worked that i found my like life partner it was so obviously different like you said like and in a good way that now when i talk to you know friends or you know coworkers or whatever and they're like oh this girl she's just she's doing this thing and ah uh, it just keeps happening and i'm like listen to me when it is right it is going to be so abundantly clearly easier or more clear, I guess, that it is right. And if you, if you wonder and you question, it ain't it. This Mm -hmm. ain't it. Because when it is it, it will be it. And like, I don't know that that's right. Like that might've just been how it was for me, which is kind of what made me wonder about uh, the thing that I was like, "Uh uh-oh, about is that I 
have always dated people that I am physically attracted to first. Like that to me is number one is like, I'll go on the date with them. And I'm like, if in 15 seconds, I know I don't want to sit on their face, I'm not going to even like really put my heart into the rest of the day. And I've kind of just circled back to that thinking being like, uh Oh, was that bad that I've always only dated like, or, you know, hooked up with, let's be honest, uh, people that I'm attracted to, should I go sleep with some ugly people? Uh, I don't know <laughs> if it's, I don't know if it's coming to that, but I know, I think you're exactly right. I think when you are with the right person, it is mm. easy. Yeah. And, you know, I keep saying slow love, but by the third date, I, mm. I was, I had clarity and I stopped dating that other speed dating bozo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, that is what actually what I tell people that when you know, it's not like I knew that I was going to marry him. No, I but it just was didn't. like, I was not even looking for that. Oh, wow. But I, knew, but I knew that I was interested in getting to know this person mm. further. And the more that I got to know him, the more that I wanted to know, mm -hmm. and the more that we trusted each other. And mm. that's, I think what the foundation of any good relationship is mm -hmm. trust, yep. communication. And then we start looking at Jared goals for the future and shared values. And that's Absolutely. really what, what along, those are the four factors of long-term relationship compatibility. Now, in terms of attraction, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's a little bit of both. Cause I, how many people have you maybe Slept been with? on the fence? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't know. On the fence. Like when you, <laughs> I would <Couldn't> tell you. <laughs> when you're like swiping, you're like, eh, I don't know. But then when you meet in person, you're like, oh, this person, like maybe they weren't my type, mm -hmm. but I feel an attraction to this person. Mm. That is real. That's what I'm looking mm -hmm. for. So yeah. it's not so much about the physical attraction. And that's why I really encourage my clients to move forward to the virtual dates and right. then ultimately to meeting in person because you really can't replicate that feeling. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was kind of how I was going to circle this back. Like, oh my God, we've already been talking for 50 minutes. You are so easy to talk to. Oh my God. I have to wrap this up. Okay. Let me wrap this up with like kind of a good bringer back around is with COVID happening and you know, you decide that you guys are going to meet in person, like, and it's a slow love, right? We're, we're forced to take things slow right now. You know, are we going to see like milestones of relationships kind of change now because of COVID yeah. or do you think everything is hunky dory? No, I, that's a really uh, astute observation. Kelsey. Mm, thank you. <laughs> Yes. The timeline is changing dramatically. Mm. Um, what I'm seeing is that people are going slower in the beginning. Like before it was just like swipe, 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 meet in person, you know, have sex mm -hmm. and then we'll see where we are. Yeah. Now yes. it's <laughs> swipe, 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 take some time chatting, take some time video dating and then meet in person. And then like third date, we're married. Because <laughs> yeah. you've already gotten way past so many barriers that you don't normally yeah. get past. This is yeah, kind of beautiful. But a lot of people aren't clearing that barrier, right? Mm. A lot of people aren't even getting to the, to the social distance date. Mm. And just in this very period where we're talking right now, right. I feel like people are in fatigue. But mm -hmm. girl, it is cuffing season and I, the weather is great where I am, except for yeah. the ash except and for the, sun. The, yeah. in the air. Yeah. 
except for that. <laughs> All of that. But in other places, it's starting to get cold. And and this is why cuffing season is a thing because when it gets cold, we want to hibernate, we want to nest. It's actually biological. Mm-hmm. And the reality is uh, COVID's not going anywhere despite what Trump says. We ain't going to have a vaccine that's yeah, working in November, no. okay? It's going to be all of next year. It's, don't say, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> at least into 2021. Yeah. And so up until that point, really, I think the only safe date for you to do is social distance date as you're starting yeah. to get to know someone. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that when it's 22 degrees and, mm-hmm. and freezing rain? And no. I come from so Michigan, remember. start <laughs> going on dates now for all it's, of those. It's going to get or, real. Like October, yeah. November, people are going to be in a rush rush. Yep. And you are going to see a lot more fast coupling, I think, yes. come December and January. Yeah, because I even think like, I have got to stop talking, but I even think like holidays are going to be different. Like, you know, my mom who lives in Florida was like, listen, if you don't come home for the holidays, obviously we get it. And I'm like, yeah. So to me, it's even like that holiday feel might feel totally different this year. I don't know. We're about to see with Halloween, like how different the world really is. With- I'm so mad about Halloween. That was my job. I'm kind of like, I'm in bed by 9.30 every year anyway. I'm such an old lady. But I wonder, <laughs> I'm like curious to talk to you again by like, you know, Valentine's Day next year to see where the hell we're at. Because I think we're, we're in store for a treat. But I, I think like, if I could say anything to the confidants, it's like, if you can stay positive about the experience of dating, I think you will attract like what you put out. Like, it, don't be a dumbass. Like, don't just say like, oh, fuck anyone right now. But like, be positive about the experience. Stay uh, uh, curious about the the way it's going to go. Like, I think if we just can kind of put our mindset in like, oh no, all hope is lost with dating. I'm going to be single for the next year because of isolation. Like, let's not spiral, right? Yes. I couldn't have said it better myself. Mm. Keeping a positive attitude and and really stay in that curiosity, not just on the dates, but for yourself. Like, what mm. can I learn? How can I grow in this period? We are being called to go inward and to be more contemplative and to to take our time and figure things out because that's that's the only thing we can do. That's right all now. we got. So or, we can be huh? angry for a year and a half or we can <laughs> let it propel us into whatever the next phase is going to be. Ah, and on that, Mona, you have been a wonderful guest. I'm so thankful you took this time out of your day to talk to us, confidants. Where can people find you? Where do you want to be found? I am on the socials at Demona Hoffman and uh, Dates and Mates is my weekly podcast. So we talk about this kind of stuff. We get real nerdy. I I talk. I love it. uh, About love. So that's another great place to check me out or DemonaHoffman.com. There you go. Confidants. Thank you so much. Don't forget to rate this five stars on iTunes. Go check out Demona's podcast. Give that five stars while you're at it. Let's just give out five stars for everyone. We're in, we're getting into the holiday season. Let's spread a little cheer. Uh, Don't forget to follow us at confidently pod on all the socials you can write emails to us at confidently at gmail.com and we'll see you next week thanks to mona thank you